This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Barbara Ramirez. And I'm Edgar Cruz. Tonight we share a special playback of a GJ episode from the first cohorts of youth to hit the airwaves of KUNM. Enjoy! Welcome to Youth Radio, right here, on New Mexico's community-powered public radio station, K-U-N-M. I'm John Glenn Hill. And I'm Josh Horton. And I'm Maya Keytown. And I am John John Guzman. And we are all going to be your hosts for tonight's special Best of Youth Radio show. This year we had a lot of awesome segments with some pretty cool people from around the community and around the world. So tonight, as we ring in the new year, we are going to honor some of our best radio pieces from 2009 by sharing them with you. Our KUNM Youth Radio Project focuses on youth empowerment, social justice, media justice, and serving our community. We are so much more than a one-hour radio show. This is true. Our KUNM Youth Radio Project is committed to creating a space where youth have a voice, where youth and adults can work in partnership, and where our multicultural community is honored. As youth media producers and activists, we go out into the community and engage with youth and adult community leaders across New Mexico. Not only do we go out and participate in amazing community efforts and events, but we also share what we have learned with you, our listeners, by highlighting the awesome people of our community and what they do to better our world. We've dipped into the archives to share with you interviews, montages, roundtables, awards, and highlights, and of course, our rockin' youth radio music. Ooh, that's right. We shine in 09. The first radio piece that we want to share with you is when youth radio members attended the International Day of Protest, which called for an end to the bombing of the Gaza Strip in Palestine. Youth producer Miles Anderson gathered many diverse but unified voices who participated in the International Day of Protests, calling for peace between Palestine and Israel. Conflict between Israel and Palestine has raged for over 60 years. It is a bitter and hateful conflict, as most are, but these last weeks have been extremely violent, especially for Palestinians. Israel continues its massive airstrikes and ground attacks as we speak. Yesterday, Saturday, December 10th, there was a national and local demonstration against the brutal killings of Israel. The march started in Old Town and marched to the Dynamax Theater, which is owned by Lockheed Martin, who supplies the Israeli government in their unjust killing with F-16 jets. There were upwards of 400 people at the protests on Saturday. I was at the demonstration in Albuquerque, and this is what some of the people had to say there. My name is Mika Kurtz. I'm representing all sorts of different grassroots organizations in Jerusalem and in Israel and Palestinian organizations and Israelis. My name is Mustafa Amini. My name is Abir Hajazi. I'm a teacher at Salam Academy School here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, my name is Abraham Assad and I'm 18 years old. My name is Adnan Qasim and I'm 17 years old. My name is Omar Assad and I'm 14 years old. At the demonstration, there were a lot of speakers, including a lot of young people who were in solidarity with Palestine. So if you could talk to the Israeli government yourselves, or for the U.S. government, you know, for that matter, because they support Israel and they, they supply them with weapons, what, what would you guys say? I would say to my own government that we should end military assistance to Israel because we are, are complicit if we are funding armaments. I'd say to the Israeli government, if you were honest and really wanted peace, uh, support the grassroots organizations that are actually creating it on the ground. I would say stop this war, stop killing innocent people. I would say to the US government, hey, you know, hey, you know, what, what are you guys doing? I mean, you're, you're supporting the massacres of thousands or hundreds of innocent children. They have to stop doing what they're doing. They need 
they need to be more peaceful. They need to think, at least think about the children. To the future president, Barack Obama, I say, we, you know, you've had, you have a lot of people's trust on your hands and don't let it go to waste. Yeah, and uh, to the Israeli government, I'd say shame, shame. You know, that's, this is not right at all, and it just doesn't have any meaning. That was KUNM's youth producer Miles Anderson talking with local activists and community members at the Palestinian Peace Rally held on January 10, 2009. It's amazing to me that people from around the world, including Palestinians, Israelis, American Jews, and many others, marched together and chanted in unity to stop the death of innocent civilians who were stuck in the Gaza Strip at that time. For music tonight, we're taking bits of some of our youth radio producers' favorite songs played during the youth radio hour of last year. So let's kick it off with some jams. Yes, January 20th of 2009 marked one of the most memorable events of last year. Well, actually, in the history of our country, the inauguration of President Barack Obama. Youth producers from our project participate in the community in many different ways. During this national transition, youth producers learned firsthand about what it meant to be involved in a presidential election. Members of our team volunteered on their own at various campaign offices. Then we brought the community members into the station to discuss their views on the campaign and the election. The beginning of 09 was filled with hope. The presidential inauguration meant so much more to me because I actually volunteered in the presidential campaign by phone banking and door knocking. Yes, the campaign season was so much fun. And as someone who got to vote for the first time, I was incredibly proud to be part of the election. It was pretty astounding to know that your vote mattered and counted in an election for the highest elected position in the country. And it made me want to go out and get politically active in other things. This next radio piece is another example of our project going out into the community and learning and then sharing it with you. This audio is from a Black History Month brunch on January 31st at the University of New Mexico. Dr. Dick Gregory, who is a legendary comedian and civil rights activist, was the keynote speaker for the event. Dr. Gregory has an intense presence and shared his powerful message with humor and a bit of spice. Here's just a bit of what Dr. Gregory had to say to us. When we look at Obama and go backwards, after we finish celebrating the joy and the festivity, which is only right, in Washington, D.C. this week, it was an energy that people felt had nothing to do with somebody being sworn in. I was there. I brought my researchers in from around the world and said, here's what y'all look for. And any of you all was there, you know it was three million people, not what they're telling us. And don't nobody want to talk about it, because what they're telling us is to preserve that a black person didn't have the largest crowd and white Regan out. But don't nobody want to talk about that. Something else nobody want to talk about. 80% of everybody there was white folks. And an energy. You didn't see no drunks. You didn't smell no reefer. And if you were there cold, seven above, that's not counting the windshield. They were so worried they had 2,000 people they brought in from across the country to deal with frostbite. Not one case. Of frostbite. I hope y'all understand what you have just witnessed. It's bigger than Obama. Hmm? It's bigger than America. And those of you who was there saw people walking down the street. Some had heavy coats on. Some didn't have none on. And when you got people standing from five o'clock in the morning till six o'clock in the evening and not move and no frostbites, then there's something else out here that you can't see, you can just feel. When I think about it, I just left Japan the other day. Every year, three million people visit Dr. King's grave and one million of them come from Japan. And when I think about you black folks in America that will take your children to Disneyland to see a rat, 
And you couldn't go there had King not died, but you'd never been to King's grave. Huh? Well, thank God something happened that all of you can share in for a few minutes. But the next thing is this thing going in, all this stuff about, is it over? Obama's the most powerful man in the world right now. He can't get a cab in New York tonight, and that don't bother you. Huh? Y'all so busy for a victory because you ain't done nothing. That anything look like a victory, you happy. Condoleezza Rice had more PhDs than Bush's whole cabinet. They called her Condi. Not once did they call her doctor. But that thug Henry Kissinger, he was always doctor. And that don't bother her nor you. They never called Janet Reno Janet. They got a soda pop darker than Condoleezza Rice. They called Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and so I wonder if we, if we can take this relay, because that's what it's been. What we just looked at now is a stick being passed at a different level. And black folks, you really need to. When you accept injustice, which we have, you become unjust. And when you learn to coexist with filth, you become filthy. And don't nobody want to be honest. You're so busy for a damn job and then talk about God. What God? And so when you look at this movement of where we are now, and once we get through celebrating, go back 150 years. It didn't just start here. We in the civil rights movement didn't even understand what it was. We thought we was fighting for this and there's a universal force. That energy had us. Before you can get anything, before you could witness what you witnessed November the 4th, there's a group of people that had to come out here even if they didn't know it and say to white America, no longer can you have caught blanking killing me like you going hunting. We didn't know that. Nobody told us to go out here and do that. We was marching for this and marching for that with no guns, and they was killing us. Had we had a gun, it would have been a, been a war. There was no guns. And then television came, and people saw us being killed and arrested for nothing, and the world changed. And it was this movement. 98% of that movement, they had reverend in front of their name before they had PhD. And 80% of that movement was women. And we didn't even let them get in the front. But they kept going because it was bigger than them. And I look around one day, I come back in from Europe two weeks ago, and I think I see today white folks be asking me to comment on white folk problem. Seeing that, Mr. Gurgi, do you think we'll ever catch Ben Loudon? I say, we? <laughs> I ain't looking for him. I'm still trying to find out who my daddy is. <laughs> Thank you much. That was renowned black activist Dick Gregory speaking at the Black History Month brunch at the University of New Mexico. One of the most vital points that Gregory made was that your roots don't occupy one month of the year, but they occupy all of your life. Let's take a quick break for music. night, tired from the fight, I've been fighting for tomorrow, all my life, yeah, I woke up this morning, feeling brand new, cause the dreams that I've been dreaming, have finally come true, Another way that our project brings information and education to you, our listeners, is by interviewing local and national activists. An example of this is an interview that was conducted with Mark Rudd. Yes, the Mark Rudd of the 1960s revolutionary group the Weatherman Underground. Mark Rudd led countless protests, was the chairman of the Columbia chapter of Students for a Democratic Society, and has also been a national symbol of student revolt, all before he was 25. He sought to end the Vietnam War and spoke out against racism and classism. Now, after being one of FBI's most wanted and going into hiding for a number of years, Mark Rudd has written a book called Underground. Here's Youth Radio's own Miles Anderson interviewing him. So why do you think it's important and it's vital to have these organizations like SDS and like Weather Underground to be there questioning the authority and to be, you know, the possibility for a regime change? I think that change mostly happens by mass movements of, of people pushing for change. If you look at, at the history of the United States, take a book like um, um, Howard Zinn's People's History of the United, United States. States. 
That is a book about mass movements that have changed society. The thing about mass movements is they don't happen spontaneously. They take organization. They take a lot, a lot of work. Um, what was very inspiring for me as a, as a child uh, growing up, for example, was watching the um, development of the civil rights movement in the South, later the black freedom struggle throughout this country. There were very highly conscious organizers uh, who were working to to make that mass movement happen. Mm-hmm. When I got to Columbia, I learned how to organize from people I met who uh, had been involved in civil rights or whose parents had. And... Uh, also involved in the labor movement. What I'm trying to say is that movements take organization. They take self-conscious organizers who strategize and who who bring people together to figure out how to grow the movement. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you want the fruit, you got to grow the tree. Right? Yeah. You got to do the work. But but basically, um, young people need to figure out how to organize because the way that old people do it, it's passe. It's cliched. It's stupid. Oh, I wouldn't stand on the street corner with a sign. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's cool. You got to figure out new ways. Right. But the point is the figuring out. What would you say about the, the youth that organized and that, that worked together to elect Obama and to get a regime change? Oh, absolutely. The brilliance of the Obama campaign was the ability to mobilize millions of young people who worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I had four people from out of Albuquerque staying at our house. <laughs> they would get up every morning and be out the door by 7, and they wouldn't come home till 2 in the morning. And this lasted for weeks on end, the amount of organizing uh, that took place. Um, it's very phenomenal. But see, the thing about Obama that's very interesting is he personally had a, had a long involved history mm-hmm. with organizing. Definitely. If you read his book, Dreams from My Father, mm-hmm. the entire middle section is about organizing on the, in the streets and housing mm-hmm. projects of Chicago yeah. for three years of his life and how he learned about how to bring people together. I think Dreams from My Father is one of the best books of our time. So the last question I have is what, what message do you have for, for young radicals out there and for youth that are wanting to get involved and to, to change the power structure? Organize. That's it. I found this interview pretty interesting, especially listening to Mr. Rudd talk about the importance of mass movements and how things for youth activists are different and yet similar to when he was a youth activist. You all know Burke has one of the most happening poetry scenes in the country, and we dig poetry at Youth Radio. This is one of the best ways that youth in our community have to express their true voice. So we have put together a KUNM Youth Radio poetry sample for your listening pleasure. The Moon It peaks over the Sandia Mountains, watching over our city like the very eye of a greater power. While the stars be the vigilant ancestors of our roots to document our branches of modern growth. How has this generation progressed from the many before it all the way to where we planted this legacy? Meanwhile, I sit with pen and paper, absorbing the night's breeze with the scent of the high desert. Smelling the earth as it permeates the air with its delightful elegance. While the clouds contently glide through the night, looking down upon us as our guardian angels do. They remain shaded orange from the sunset 30 minutes ago, while the horizon still glimmers orange along the volcanoes. It's evenings like this that make a burqueño proud to live in Albuquerque. Day in and day out, my dad looks through a microscope, examining the chromosomes that make up human anatomy. A A behind-the-scenes doctor, the one who really diagnoses body with cancer. Or not. Benign or malignant, he's He's far far from from ignorant. ignorant. He wears glasses as thick as N. Press to E, R. Press to D. And yet I don't care. Because he is one of the only guys I know who Who won't walk walk out out of of my life. life. He's loved my mother for 27 years, and I'm one-third the outcome. The middle daughter, X, X, chromosomes. And yet please tell me why the combination of X and Y always leaves the question why. Why does the combination of mismatched chromosomes make male eyes pierce through my hips? I can feel the X-rated slideshow clicking through his skull. Now there's no such thing as a complimenting stare, one of those. Damn, you're beautiful stares. No, no, those aren't real, baby. It's always one of those send goosebumps winding through every vertebrae in my back stares, one of those walk a little faster stares. 
Eve was carved from Adam's rib. He pulled curved bone from his side like it was some kind of sacrifice. I've been told not to live in fear of any man. Just be a skeptic. I wish I could stand up here, preach about women's strength, you know, that feminist stuff, but that's not what I'm here for. And yet you scream feminist to any female who raises her voice, saying she is sick of the little boys playing games. But when you match my footsteps and lick your lips, I, I gotta, gotta walk a little faster. Now, now I'm running away from your words. They aren't unique, baby. We've heard them all. My man boobs look like slightly inflated slash deflated, tannish pinkish balloons connected to me only by the skin that covers my bones. They smell like deodorant, ramen noodles, dryer sheets, sweat, school, and justice, a.k.a. Calvin Klein presents The Reed. My man boobs feel squishy and pudgy like jello covered with whale blubber. They feel like perfectly squishy but firm mashed potatoes and satin socks. They feel like cottage cheese and mango skins. My man boobs clap like thunder when I run. They slosh when it rains and they jiggle when I'm angry. And although I haven't tasted my nipple, I can only imagine it tastes like moldy baloney. My man boobs look like slightly inflated slash deflated tannish pinkish balloons connected to me only by the skin that covers my bones. But they're my man boobs. Ten-year-old sister, years old in the taking care of what to eat, where to go, who, where, what, and how to be, supervising the siblings, family spats. He, she, him, her, it made me cry. All the while, wishing for her own childhood, getting jumped at school and learning to fend against four, to defend without any rules. Seeing the whole wide world of instability all around her, she wonders if wisdom comes from surviving this, wonders if she can grow up fast enough to get away from this lack of childhood. Looking for a role model, she sees the fragmentation of her mother, whom unhappiness drowns in workaholic dreams, who is too busy, stressed, and exhausted to realize or notice her children floundering for love or lack thereof. That when I look back, Shema, I know it wasn't always the best, but you always tried your hardest to make it good for me, for your three sons. I know it was always tough for you to always have to been faced with the question of where do my roots trace back, but I tell you now, you taught me through that, if not directly, but through another means, and through another means here I found an alternative, and through that alternative I found a means to create myself. Through that in time, I remembered who I was, and I drew back my roots I know you need to hear this, so here it goes. For you to rest a little bit easy tonight, you know that your big baby will be okay. The big weight so that you've harbored will be fine on his own. Don't worry. I will always be your baby boy, no matter what happens. And I say this on a last note for you to remember. If this is to be the last time we part, know that this is where our journey ends together. If this is what fate is to turn out to become. And I will always know that your spirit will be watching me from time to time. And when I call, I need you the most that you will be there as the wind. You will be that breeze that flows through me, that cools down my nerves, that reminds me to be resilient and determined and that the hope I can do and make anything happen out of myself. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to become of me. Watch me. Poets that you just heard are Antonio Real, Olivia Gatwood, Sarah Tafoya, Reed Barbaroff, Colleen Gorman, and Carson Lafferty. In 2009, Youth Radio had a very exciting year. One of the highlights we had was a collaboration with the Academy of Educational Development, or AED, based out of New York and D.C. that does international educational networking. They contacted us as they were bringing 12 youth from Germany to the U.S. on a special youth and civic engagement tour. What we did not realize is that the youth were immigrants to Germany, so the youth had a much more global perspective. As you listen to their introductions, I think you'll see what I mean. Yeah, hello, my name is Karim Bayo. I'm 17 years old. I live in Germany, in the western part of Germany, in a city near to Cologne. But my parents are originally from Nigeria. Yeah, I speak about three languages fluently, English, my mother tongue, um, Yoruba, and German. And at school I learn 
French and Spanish. Yeah, I love to be um, civic engaged, like helping younger students in school or tutoring them by helping them by their homeworks. Hi, I'm Serhat Kozilboa. I'm 17 years old and uh, I come from Herne. Herne is a pretty neat town, but also small in the western part of Germany, near Cologne and Düsseldorf. Um, I think I'm fluent in English, German and Turkish. And uh, at school I'm learning French and Latin, whether you consider that as a real language. And I used to learn Chinese for one year too. Um, I'm originally of Kurdish descent and like Karim, I also like to be civically engaged. Hello, my name is Janelvis Echavarria Duret. I'm 18 years old. I was born in Cuba and lived there until I was 12 years old. I've been living in Germany for six years. I speak English, German and Spanish fluently and at school I'm learning French and learned Latin. Like the other boys, I'm also social committed at school. I'm the president of our school council and we do lots of things for other pupils. For example, it's a project called um, School Against Racism, a school with courage, or um, pupils help pupils. And I'm also the president of our district school council and I work in a youth center as a supervisor for little children and do publicity work to encourage other young people to become social committed. Um, hello, I'm Pierre Kumokanze. I'm 17 years old and I'm from Berlin, Germany. But my father comes from the Republic of Congo, it's a country in the center of Africa, and my mother comes from Germany. So um, I speak uh, three languages fluently, so um, French, German, and English. And um, in my school, I'm involved in different school activities and different activities like um, I'm in the school choir, I'm editor-in-chief in our school magazine. I also participate um, to school political bodies where we work out um, projects that can help that uh, students of our district make kind of an exchange to know, to know each other and to, I don't know, to know the projects um, from different schools and all this stuff. Hello, my name is Tatiana Yoko. I'm 19 years old. I was born in Odessa in Ukraine, but um, since 2000 I live in Germany, in the eastern part of Germany, in Magdeburg. It's quite one hour from Berlin. Um, I speak um, three languages fluently. My mother tongues, Russian, Ukraine and German. And in um, school I learn English and French and for some years I had Latin. For me, civic engagement is also really important. I am a member in the school group um, Students Engagement for the Third World, and we have um, got some projects like Christmas in shoeboxes. Um, here we pack some gifts for um, some children abroad, so we have a lot of fun. Being multilingual is something that other countries really promote and that we don't see often here in the United States. I myself learned Chinese last year in a class that I took 12 hours a week, 2.30 to 5.30 every day after school, and it was for Mandarin Chinese. I picked up a lot of the language, but much of it I still need to learn. It's really incredible being able to have conversations with people in Chinese. For instance, a foreign exchange student is living with a friend of mine who speaks a little bit of Mandarin Chinese, and being able to have a basic Chinese understanding and being able to communicate with him is something that's really fun for me and a really amazing learning experience. This collaboration was an important one for us because these German youth were committed to learning about civic engagement, and that is one of the basic aspects of our KUNM Youth Radio project. Here's what they had to say to Youth Radio's Omar Torres about the importance of civic engagement. Why are you guys interested in civic engagement? Yeah, so I think that civic engagement is important for us youth, for us young people, to um, help other students so that the other students can become aware of helping us because we are the young generation that can change something. Um, we can change our life. We don't only have to expect for adult people to help us. So the way that we are helping each other is the way that the elders, we and the adults, can work together for helping us um, having a better society. And I'm also assuming that um, we have to be a kind of role model for 
especially young immigrants. And um, I think that through the way, way of um, civic engagement, those people will see that it's worth to participate voluntarily and maybe they will be as you and help to turn the society for the better. And I think um, that's also civic engagement is also very important to um, ensure that uh, um, society rests um, so, uh, social. So without, without um, social-minded persons, without persons who are civic engaged, I think society can, can't live, cannot live, yeah. What does social justice mean to you guys? I mean, I have a perspective, but everybody's is different, and I was wondering what your guys' perspectives are. Mm, I think it's not just equality because there are times where you can't be equal. There are people who need more help than others. And so I think to be according to the possibilities every person has, that's what, what is justice. And when you come into one room and someone says there's a human being and now there's a German or there's an American or there's a black person, just to see the others as our brothers and sisters or people who live with you and not other strangers. Yeah, I would agree with Janelle. Um, social justice is when people treat everybody as the same, you know, and I think the START Foundation um, helped us also to realize this social justice. You know, we all are immigrants in the START Foundation and it's um, good to know that all um, of us have um, quite near the same experiences. I am Nigerian, but I'm living in Germany. And when I am sometimes visiting Nigeria and see all my cousins there, they got good education, but we are living in luxury. And that's not the same that they are. So I think everyone in every place, wherever he lives, whatever background he has, must have the opportunity to have a future, a bright future where he can live in wealth. So I think what I'm intending to do is when I grow up, when I am adult, I think that I will go to Nigeria because they are rich in oil. They are, they, they, there is money. They have got a lot of national resources. So I think it's important that I can help there for them to benefit for every young people and make a lot of them the things they have. During my time here at Youth Radio, civic engagement was something that was really encouraged. And it's great to see that community involvement is something that goes beyond New Mexico and the United States, that there are youth all over the world getting involved in the world around them. Thanks to the Academy for Educational Development and the START Foundation for asking us to collaborate with them for the Youth Civic Engagement Tour. Besides collaborating with international groups that are committed to youth civic engagement, we also collaborate with local groups as well. One of the groups that we collaborate with is the Southwest Organizing Project, or SWAP. It is a nationally recognized grassroots organizing group that works towards environmental, racial, and social justice. This last year, SWAP was awarded the Civic Opportunities Initiative Network Project, or as we call it, COIN. Through this opportunity, SWAP was able to have 10 youth interns who will get to learn about grassroots organizing and serving the community. That's right, John John. And we, our Youth Radio Project, collaborated with them by having two of their interns placed here with us. We had a great time having Jorge Garcia and Samantha Montano work with us all last summer. Also, our own Lucia Martinez is a COIN intern. Here are some of what these awesome New Mexico youth had to say about grassroots organizing and social justice. All right, so um, let's start off. What exactly is COIN? Well, this is Chris. COIN actually stands for the Civic Opportunities Initiative Network, and it's founded by the New World Foundation. And basically what they're trying to do is get more young people to go to secondary school and to finish high school. So they provide opportunities like tutors and mentors to um, the students that are in the program. And basically, they selected six programs nationwide out of about 30. And the programs were in, two were in L.A., one was in Miami. There is one in New York, one in Virginia, and one here right here in Albuquerque. All right, so... um. 
how did you all get involved with this program? Lillian, I'll start with you. Hi, it's Lillian. Um, I got involved when some economy problems were happening at home, and I was about to drop out of high school. But then my job coordinator gave me an application and talked to me about the coin program. And as I was filling it out, it seemed really interested and something I would do. All right. And I know you all recently went on a trip to New York. What did you learn on that trip? What was the purpose of the trip? I think the thing that impacted me most was one of our workshop facilitators said that real social justice does not oppress anybody. And that just really impacted me because I'd never thought about social justice in that way before and from that mindset. So it was really, it was really amazing. Have you all felt you've been changed at all by this experience? Has this changed your outlook on anything at all or what you plan on doing or anything? This is Chris here. And I'd like to say that dealing with SWAP in the coin program, I've learned a lot of things and it's really been an eye opener for me. Because I think I grew up really sheltered. I had no, I knew about the, the South Valley and areas like that, but I had no idea areas like Barreto Mesa even existed. So would you guys tell me a little bit about what your job is at SWAP and if you're working on any projects at this moment? I'm Jacob, and I am a mass-based political organizer, and we are doing a puppet podcast that explains the, the political system with the media and policy team, and, and and we are going out into the community to go door knocking to inform people of our of our upcoming event, Rock Out. So, what have you guys learned this summer as a part of the Coin program and by working at SWAP? Um, I'm Miguel. Uh, I've learned a lot more about my community than I've actually learned in my life. Um, I uh, one thing I learned is that youth have a voice, and well, we just want to get heard. And I think we should be valued and respected for what we're trying to do. And people should really look into that. This is Jacob, and um, I learned more about my community and in all the things that are that are happening in my community. This is Samantha. Um, I have learned how to put on a show for youth radio, and I've learned a lot more about my community and how to get involved, and the time and effort that it takes to make a change in your community. And um, I also learned that as youth, we do have a voice, and we do need to stand up and and reach out to every other youth and let them know that even though we're youth, we still have a voice, and we need to be heard. Thank you. So how has your perspective of your community changed through all you've learned? Let's start with Jacob. My perspective changed by that that I want to make more change in my community and, and I want to like join more organizations like SWAP. My perspective has changed on the way I look at community ever since I started working at SWAP. I never used to think com- our community was, you know, like so important, but it really is important to, it represents us as people who live in this community. And I believe that every problem that we have in our community can all be solved if we all just work together and make change. Thank you. So how has working with COIN and at SWAP helped you as an individual, and how have you changed? It's helped me realize that as a youth, we do have as much power as an adult does. And like I said, you know, I look at my community in a different way, and I look at the bigger picture than just the simple, simple fact. SWAP has really helped me open my eyes, and it made me really want to move towards something in my life Well, when it comes to my education. And... Just the fact that they're helping me and really, you know, focusing on youth and everything, its I'm truly grateful for what they've done. That's all pretty cool. Keep up with the awesome work, COIN interns. The SWAP Civic Opportunities Initiative Network interns are Chris Martin, Lillian Fernandez, Jacob Lovato, Ceci Frescas, Samantha Montano, Jorge Garcia, Lucia Martinez, and Miguel Mora. Another big thing that happened in 09 is that the KUNM Youth Radio Project was awarded the Governor's Youth Service New Mexico Award for all the great volunteer work that we do here on our show and in the community. This award was sponsored by the New Mexico Commission on Community Volunteerism. Also, our project manager, Roberta Rael, published an article about our unique project in a national journal, The Youth Media Reporter. You can find that article in youthmediareporter.org. That's youthmediareporter.org or in the December issue of Zounds. 
09 was a year of recognition for the work that we do. We are really proud of the recognition from the state that we received. Much of the recognition, again, is because we have so many collaborations. One of my personal favorite KUNMU 380 collaborations is the Talk Back to Big Tobacco Youth Contest that is sponsored by the Department of Health and the New Mexico Media Literacy Project. Youth Radio produces four anti-tobacco public service announcements that New Mexico teens write. Our KUNM youth producers this last year were Omar Torres, Lucia Martinez, Carmen Gallegos, and Miles Anderson. Here are the 2009 Talk Back to Big Tobacco KUNM PSAs. Click, click. The spark turns to flame, turns to smoke. Hissing ash in my ear. Cigarette butt ashtray. Smoke like a blanket. Click, click. Breathe in the cloud. Black lungs, rotting teeth. Headache, toothache, heartache. Click, click. Thirteen, but hooked from birth. Secondhand cancer. Smoke like a hammer. Another nail in our coffin. Yours and mine. You use me and abuse me while I get inside your head. I make your brain take shortcuts until you end up dead. You need the comfort I provide you, but, but you, you want to get away. away. Still, you, you come, come back, back to me, me, and I know that you will stay. When will you see the truth? Don't, Don't you, you understand? understand? I'm in your every move, and I'm inside your head. I put toxic waste inside you, but, but I'm, I'm still your, your closest, closest friend. friend. I have the power to control you. I have the power to kill you. I, I am tobacco. tobacco. I wish my parents could see cigarette smoke through the eyes of a child. I wish they knew what it was like to be made fun of at school, to be an outcast because you smell like an ashtray. I wish they knew how it feels to bring a friend to a smoky, stinky house. But most of all, I wish they didn't smoke at all. Cause of tobacco, cause of tobacco, his two lungs don't work at all. Porque no puede, porque no puede, respira sin carraspear. Cause of tobacco, cause of tobacco, now his kids can't breathe at all. Se intoxicaron, se intoxicaron, por el humo del faro. Cause of tobacco, cause of tobacco, ya no puede respirar. Porque fumaba, él se fumaba, sus pulmones a fallar. That was amazing. The fact that these kids feel so strongly about how their parents smoke and other smoking problems going on in the United States is really incredible. And the fact that they can relay these thoughts and ideas so strongly through their words is really something that's outstanding. The talent that helped us with these PSAs were Antonio Rael, Sarah Tafoya, Faustino Villa, and Estrella Edwell. And then, of course, our own Omar and Carmen. I'm going to be a producer for Talk Back to Big Tobacco this year, and I'm really looking forward to producing another person's input on the smoking issue. We all have our own ideas, but the fact that they can win a competition and have their ideas expressed through radio is going to be something I would really like to help people out with. That last one was catchy. We really did have a great 09. There were so many great collaborations. You know, you can't do community radio without the community. Yup, you got that right, man. But we collaborate every week. That's like 52 Sundays out of the year we be collaborating, and that's way too much to put in a one-hour best-of show. I think we have about 25 groups we collaborate with on a regular basis. Yep, let's mention some of our other collaborations from this past year. I really enjoyed going to the New Mexico Civic Engagement OYE conference this summer. OYE stands for Organizing Youth Engagement. We met some really great youth there, and we got to attend some cool workshops, too. The Department of Health, New Mexico Civic Engagement, the Youth Alliance, and the Albuquerque Partnership were the sponsors of this statewide conference. We also attended the National Native American Journalism Association Conference, or NAJA. Again, we got to attend awesome workshops on journalism and meet both youth and adults who are committed to media and media justice. I got to interview National Native American professional journalists, but we also got to meet youth who are being trained for the next generation of Native journalists. Cool. Hey, didn't our own Carson Lafferty get to go to that national training? He sure did. In fact, he won first place at a poetry slam, and his prize was having a portion of his tuition paid for the 2010 Nausea Conference. Our project deals with what is most important to youth, and one of the issues that our generation will have to face is the environment. We had interviews with youth from the Sierra Club and also youth that participated in the Aldo Leopold Writing Contest. Many of our listeners learned about who Aldo Leopold was as a result of our radio piece. 
Aldo Leopold was an early environmentalist who wrote about land ethic or the idea that our sense of community should include the natural world as well as other humans. He's actually responsible for the Gila National Forest being designated the first wilderness area in the U.S. Youth across New Mexico wrote letters to Mr. Leopold, and here's Tita Van Fleet from Socorro reading the letter that she wrote that won first place in the Aldo Leopold contest. I'm Tita Van Fleet in the seventh grade at Cottonwood Valley Charter School in Socorro, New Mexico. Dear Aldo Leopold, In Good Oak you said there are two spiritual dangers in not owning a farm. One is the danger of supposing that breakfast comes from the grocery and the other that heat comes from the furnace. We have become disconnected from the animals and land that nurture us. Economics control our view of the world. We rely on supply and demand, but we never think about how our resources will be affected by our needs and desires. You described your tree in Good Oak as a witness to changes in the land. Not only was it lucky to survive the rabbits and other obstacles, but it stood long enough to see 80 years of change, and not only minor events, but permanent changes to the land. We are all part of a cycle, and that cycle cannot continue without the balance of man, land, and animal coexisting in harmony. On a recent camping trip to Snow Lake, I stepped out of the tent and was greeted by an amazing view. The hills, covered in yellow grass, flowers, and pine trees, rolled behind the lake. They cast their dazzling reflection on the water. The ducks left V's behind them as they swam across the lake. Fish jumped in little arches, catching bugs. In that moment, I felt a connection to the land. I knew it was important then, but after reading Thinking Like a Mountain, I understand the true importance of that view. Your land ethic is important today because I can't imagine a shopping mall replacing Snow Lake. To preserve our resources, we need to think ecologically instead of economically. Making the land our priority will protect it from further destruction. If we don't conserve what we have now, there will be nothing left in the future. Sincerely, Tita Van Fleet. Great job, Tita! Y'all know that she's only a 7th grader, right? This is a great example of what our radio show is all about. Important issues like the environment, educating our listeners, and highlighting young people that have it going on. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's Best of 09 show. Before we go tonight, we would like to thank you for supporting our youth radio program. We'd like to send a special thank you to all of our lovely guests who have participated throughout the year in the show. Also, a big thank you to all of the other groups that have collaborated with us. Youth Radio members for 2009 include Miles Anderson, Macy Joy Sorty, John John Guzman, myself Josh Horton, Maya Keytown, Jonklin Hill, Carson Lafferty, Lucia Martinez, Samantha Montano, Jorge Garcia, and Omar Torres. And just recently added, Desba Evans. Thanks to our esteemed Youth Radio alumni who keep coming back to help us on radio and blogging. Nicole Beatty, Philip Riley, Jaron Kai, Diana Barron-Moore, Carmen Gallegos, Ivan Saeed, and Ife Hampton. Our adult co-conspirators include Project Manager Roberta Rael, Technical Specialist Kamaria Umi, Youth Radio Public Ally Brianna Cristo, Blog Manager Ashley Smiley, and Administrative Assistant Kyle Ferris. We would also like to thank and sincerely recognize the family members of our youth radio participants who go out of the way to make space in their lives for youth radio. Keep tuning into our show, Youth Radio, every Sunday night from 7 to 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on 89.9 KUNM-FM or stream it live on the web at KUNM.org. Thanks for keeping it fine and always letting it shine in 09. Y'all have a great night. We want to end this evening with the wise words of encouragement from Mikey Pruitt. We live in a world where ambition and initiative are looked at as negative characteristics in a person. Passion and vision are characterized as symptoms of a dreamer's disease. It isn't easy to be a visionary in today's times. However, it is times like these that we need visionaries and dreamers the most. Dreamers are responsible for progress and achievement. The chocolate bar, the airplane, the television, radio, and just about anything we celebrate and value are products of a dreamer's dream. Unfortunately, to many, dreaming is the same as fantasizing. I respectfully disagree. I think a dream is a calling, and I think it is your responsibility to set the goal and make it a reality. You can make your own opportunities, you can find the resources, and only you can make it happen. You work hard, you push your limits, and you reap the rewards. Take the risks and believe in yourself and never let anybody stop you. Everything imaginable is on the line, including your future. 
No dream is too large or too small to be worthwhile or worth taking the necessary risks and doing the hard work for. The secret to success in any venture is the simple belief that your goals will be met and having the genuine attitude that reflects that you know that it can be done. Once you stop believing in yourself, you lose any chance there ever was for your dream to come true. There is no room for excuses. As long as you don't look for ways to stop yourself, you will never be too young or too old, too busy or not talented enough. That is a part of the beauty of this world and this country in particular. You will always have the second chance to make a difference. That is a part of the beauty of this world and this country in particular. See your blood running through your veins like gasoline runs through a car. See it as your purpose to never lose track of where you are going. Be prepared for criticism and skepticism and understand the importance and value in being balanced by those doubts and questions. Recognize that for every strength, a person has a weakness and learn to value them both equally. Take your falls gracefully and stand back up just as quickly as you fell. These are the experiences that make life sweeter and make success, whatever it may be to you, as great as it is. This life is meant to be lived, and too many people have fallen in the patterns that lead to unhappiness. Do not stop experiencing life, and do not stop chasing what it is that makes you happy. Dare to think bigger than your television set, and let your passions move you and share them with the world. See the beauty and what talents you possess, and be bold enough to let them grow, and remember that only you can let yourself down. There is nothing wrong with striving to be the best, and never forget to be your own hero. We hope you've enjoyed this throwback hour of Community Voice. We'd like to thank the original youth producers who helped with this program. Roberta Rael is the executive producer for tonight's hour of radio. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud and iTunes. We're also active on social media, so find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the Conalma Health Foundation. And of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Generation Justice would like to remind you that this program was broadcast on stolen indigenous land. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. I'm Barbara Ramirez. Enjoy these music selections for the rest of the hour. For more information on tonight's songs, visit KUNM.org. I'm Edgar Cruz. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Buenas noches, Nuevo México. Inside yourself, you take the things you like and try to love the things.